I'm Jeff Cook. And I'm TJ Wilson. And this is Around the Circle. I'm walking slowly. It's delicious. Uh, do me a favor. Um, I want you to look at my hand. You can see my hand. This is my right hand. One thing that you can't see when you look at my right hand is your nose. The reason is, is that apparently your brain plays a trick on you, and it removes your nose from your field of vision. Close your left eye and look at my right hand. All of a sudden, you can see your nose. Your nose is actually in your field of vision. Open your eye again. It's gone. Close your eye. Didn't know that that would work, huh? You can make your nose disappear. You can play that trick on your kids, by the way. And say, your nose disappeared. Where did it go? They freak out. At least mine did, so. Do they still? (laughs) They... they I'm actually making stuff up. I've never tried it before. (laughs) I'm going to play this trick on Fiona, though. I bet you it'll work. How we address problems matters. But how we, how we see the problem often is much more important. The, the problem is right in front of us. But who we are and how we see the problem is actually, it is everything we are. We are never separate from ourselves. And so often, how we see the problem is absolutely invisible, even though it is everything about us and how we experience the world. Some of us... We prefer our minds. We prefer thinking. We see ourselves as a thoughtful person, one who prefers reason and thinking over things that are messy like emotion. Um, Some of us are different. When we come to the world, we much prefer our feelings. Uh, We are social people, and we elevate our relationships to help us navigate Um, the feelings and perhaps like the life of our heart gives us the stability that we crave. Some of us, that's not how we function. Uh, We are people of action. We feel good when we're getting stuff done. That is how we know that we are feeling good in the world. And just identifying this, obviously, this will be familiar language to some of you, of I come to the world, I'm a thinking person. I come to the world, I'm more of a feeling person. I come to the world, I'm more of a doing person. can be incredibly helpful. Here's the thing that often isn't talked about in Enneagram world is all of us have these three parts to ourselves. Like you cannot escape these three parts. Um, Some of us emphasize different parts more than others, and we're going to talk quite a bit about that. But it's really important to know that thinking, feeling, doing, your head, your heart, your body, these are essential to you being a human being and your ability to navigate them to push into them is incredibly helpful. We're going to call this the three-part self. The three-part self is across the board, Eastern philosophy, Greek philosophy, the Judeo-Christian tradition. You find this sort of thinking about oneself all over the writings, ancient writings, when people are just saying, what does it mean to be a human? There's a physical element to us. We all know this. You have a body. You experience spaces. You experience accomplishments and you do things. You're cold, you're hot, you sweat. These are, these are a part of 
yourself, but it's not your whole self. You have a body, but you also are a body, and that's worth naming. You also have a mind, and you know what it's like to say, I have a mind, but you also are a mind. You have a mental element to yourself. You process the world cognitively. You make deductions. You think about what's coming up. You're able to assess dangers around you. You're able to think about how things ought to be. There's a mental element to yourself. And then, of course, you have a heart. That is, you can name your heart. You can name that I, you know, that I have emotions. That is, you can almost stand apart from your emotions. You can stand apart from your body. You can stand apart from your mind. You can stand apart from your emotions. You can identify these things, and you can talk about them. You can talk about how you come to relationships. You can talk about how relationships make you feel. And these are incredibly important to being a human being, is to have emotions and feel things about other human beings. The, you'll, you'll notice a lot of this is set up, but TJ is, gonna, like, is actually probably going to talk a lot more than I do for the, the remainder of, of our, our stuff. So just, just in case you thought I was neglecting TJ. You're waiting for the good stuff. Yeah, the good stuff is yeah. to come. We could talk about how your body, heart, and mind come to the world. There's a physical element. There's a mental element. There's an emotional element. Thinking about or um, designating these as feeling, thinking, and doing, or action. These are part of our experiences, of all of our experiences. You can't escape these experiences. They're, they're going to be part of how you engage the world and engage yourself. And it's just worth naming each of these parts. And again, given an Enneagram, you will note that as we go through this list, you're going to feel a little bit more comfortable with one of these columns and that's like kind of your, your, play, your sweet spot. Like this is how you take in the world. This is, this is the place that things kind of go well. And taking in the world is what we should think about when we think about our centers. It's not how you're engaging the world yet. This is how you're receiving the world. It's like these are the glasses that filter everything else that you experience. Some of us filter the world with a heavy dose of sentiment that is, we process the world emotionally. We process it through relationships. The spaces are secondary. It's how I connect with the people in this room, the people in my family, the people at my work. These are the things that jump. These are the things that really influence everything else that I see. And it includes myself and my past. Some of us aren't like that. Emotions are, are part of the problem, perhaps, we might even think. We much prefer to get, see the world through thinking, through reason, through logic, through analysis. We much prefer to have a little bit of a set-apartness in that way. Um, I want to deduce what's going on in the world in front of me. Think about it, have that, that sort of, I, I feel most comfortable because I can dissect the things in front of me mentally. The third is some of us just feel our way through the world. And this isn't relational. This is very spatial. I feel my clothing. I feel um, whether or not the things that I've put my hands to work on are moving and going well. This is an intuitional sense. It's almost like I have a radar for the room I'm in. And I emphasize my connection with the world and even with relationships in terms of what I'm doing. 
I talk to you, you talk to me. So tell me about your job. Where are you up to today? These are very like physically active kind of images. And some of us, that's just, that's what we want to know. And that's how we connect with others. It's also a case that uh, like there, there's an, in, an, an indescribable intuition about an energy, like when people talk about the energy of New York, or like when you walk into a room and you just like, you have a sense of what that room is for, or if something's off. There are a lot of you who have no idea what I'm talking about, and there are a lot of you who's like, yeah, I, I completely understand that because it's, it's an, it, I, I can't explain it really well because it's a felt like it's a gut thing that you just know what this intuition is telling you without even being able to say it. In Enneagram language, some of you will know this, these are called the centers. The centers are the head, heart, and the gut. And again, how we take in the world. What is often not spoken about is that all of us have these three centers. I mean, you need to name that, that, you, that all of us take in the world through our body, mind, and heart. We, but we generally emphasize one over the other. That move is incredibly important to everything we're going to talk about. So I want you to get that into kind of into your, your mind. Is uh, how am I taking in the world? Which ones do I prefer? Which ones do I kind of set to the side? We'll call these the centers again. Um, lastly, um, the uh, oftentimes our motive is colored by how we are receiving the world. Many of you know this. When, if you are more of a relational heart type, if, you, if it's the case that you are more of a social person who prefers to feel your way through life, that means that getting the attention of others is really going to be important to you. How do you connect with others relationally? That will be primary on your mind. How am I making those connections? That's how I feel my way through the world, is whether or not other people love me, care about me, see me, pay attention to me. I often compare myself with others. This is quite normal. And attention is going to be just a primary for those who are heart types, not so head types. Head types are going to be much more concerned with safety, be much more concerned with making sure that things don't break. They're thinking about the future possibilities. Uh, what is it that might happen? And that's how they navigate the world. It's how they feel secure. That's how they feel like things are going well. And this they have enough resources. Yeah. Some of us are, are more body-gut oriented, right? We're get-her-done sort of folks. And what we really want is autonomy. That is, we want to be in control. We want to be in control of the spaces. Because the spaces is, is how we take in the world, right? And so we want the spaces to feel a certain way. And so whether or not that means... I'm in control and not feeling vulnerable, or I'm in control and everything is calm, or I'm in control and at least it feels like things are getting a little bit better. Control is the target. Autonomy is the, control, the target. I don't want other people pushing me around and telling me what to do. Yeah, it's an element of control, but it's also I don't want other people to be in control of me. Like it, It's easier to give power away when you know that someone isn't taking it from you. On this last slide, we're going to just see all of them together. And what I would again love for you to do is just to turn to the people around you and, um, and discuss these three questions. Which, in one of, which of these spaces do you feel most comfortable? Um, would you describe what you want most? Attention, autonomy, safety, and lastly, would you talk about your experiencing the world 
through your center, if you get there, like that you're a sentimental person or you value cognition, you value the intuitions. Um, all of us are going to be different, I assume, at the tables, and this will be really helpful for all of us to hear from others who are a different, who prefer a different center, who take in the world a different way than we do. So again, let's spend like 10 or 15 minutes um, just talking through, through these ideas. Go. All right, we'll bring things back. Hey, quick, I would love for, I would love for uh, just a subtle yet enthusiastic applause for the Daniel Mothershed, who we clearly don't know what we're doing. And Daniel has graciously stepped in with much skill to help us out. Ooh, before you get into that, uh, I have to acknowledge this. You in the black. What's your name? Esther. Esther. Esther, it's nice to meet you. What type are you? Eight. Okay, so there's at least four people in this room who have total permission to do what needs to be done to help make sure all of us have a good experience here. And like, like people who work here and have like, people have been given permission to do whatever needs to be done. And this total stranger, who is an eight, got up and closed the doors because it was too loud out front. And it was amazing, and I immediately knew she was an eight, and I love it. Thank you so much for doing that, because all the people who are supposed to didn't. So, good work. Um, thoughts, questions, anything comes to your mind, please. And say your name, just so we know. Gabby. Perfect. The one thing that you should see is that uh, with the diagrams, it's one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three, and it's not meant to break them up into sections. But you're actually asking an important question, the difference between feelings and intuitions. I have, I'm still reeling from the thing about the eight, so I don't have <laughs> anything to add right this second. Well, I, can, I, can uh, I, I think there's, there's a lot of overlap, which we're definitely going to talk about, uh, and there's a lot of um, uh, upbringing that helps influence a lot of that, and uh, like we, we know a, a, a five who is also very relational and very forward with their emotions, and uh, part of that is because they come from a family that is very forward with their emotions. Um, so the, the, a big part of what we're trying to get at here is that you take in the world through one of these primary centers. You may not engage the world from that center, but your primary way of understanding and, and collecting the data around you is going to be in one of these three places. Thoughts? Go. I'm sorry, could you just talk about autonomy? Yeah. Got that? So uh, autonomy, uh, control. Autonomy is, is sort of like, uh, I don't want anyone to tell me what to do. I don't want anyone to be in control of me. Uh, I'll, I, like, I have bosses, I have 
I've had teachers, uh, et cetera. I have a spouse that tells me what to do sometimes. Uh, and like the, but the idea is I, I know that there's never coercion. Like if, if I have to step back, I can. If I have to do something, if I get, I get to make the decisions about whether or not I'm going to do those things. And uh, not feeling a sense of autonomy means that I feel like I am compelled. I am... When I'm with some of my extended family, I feel like I have to behave a certain way because that's what I'm, what they expect me to owe them, which is why I don't spend time with those people because I don't ever want to feel like someone deserves something from me that I don't want to give them. I don't want them to feel like they have any sense of control over me in that way. And so that is my, my experience of autonomy, is that I, I want to be in control. I'll go along, but I don't want to be coerced or demanded or controlled in that way. There, please. Here's an observation. I yeah. I'm very much a thinker. Do it. Yeah. Um, but I have an emotion about being a thinker. So, That's interesting. But I don't take it in through emotion. Sure, sure. Think, yeah. Right? Yeah, the, the thinking moves you yes. to emotion. That's good. Yes, and right. I'd also guess, without knowing you or your story yeah. at all, that there have been, if not this particular moment, there have probably been moments where you had an emotion that you had no idea what it meant, or like it surprised you, and you're like, that I don't know where that came from, and you had to think through what it was, what it was for, where it came from. I had to spend hours journaling or verbally discussing the thinking behind the emotion I had. Right, right. Yes. Yeah, that, that is a good way of understand, of, of drawing our attention to the fact that like we all think all the time, and that's how we understand the world, but the primary intake of information is about is about data, is about logic and, and reason, and when those emotions happen, you think about the emotions. You feel them still, but the way that you understand them is through thinking about them, through, through categorizing them in a certain way and understanding them with the mental center. And just for clarification, you're a six, correct? I'm a six. Great. <laughs> there was a question about the autonomy and yeah. I, um, the autonomy side of things for me um, is I, I genuinely recognize when there isn't a direction and that is I think it answers the question of you know uh, I heard the question but it's about like what makes you more comfortable and I can't stand it anymore. I don't mind being in a room where there's other leadership and people have a direction and being told where we're going and all of that no no problem whatsoever. But if I walk in, everyone's like, well, I don't know what we're going to do. It's like, I, there's no autonomy there. There's autonomy and strength in all these places. You guys are in control. I don't want to be in control right now. But if, if you guys were like, well, maybe we do this, I'd probably walk out the door. <laughs> so, like, the autonomy, I don't know the autonomy question. That's, that's it for me. It's a good example of, it's not about the relationship, it's about 
the space. Space not making you feel comfortable. You're not safe here. You guys know what you're doing. I'm out. Vulnerability there. And Adam's an eight, if that didn't get said. Here's where things are going to go into third gear. So I want you to shift with me. Um, double down on one quick idea. Uh, we're going to talk about the centers one more time. Again, we all have what we might call a dominant center or a primary center. Given your type, you will, you will be in, you know, two, three, fours, you're in the heart. One's eights, nines, you're in the body. Five, six, seven, you're in the mind. Um, notice how this plays out in terms of it being a dominant center. And I want that kind of language in your mind, dominant center. For those of you who are heart types, or I'm sorry, head types, notice some of this. You are going to be aware of future threats. You want to know that things are safe and stable. Uh, you are going to value data and rational thinking. Uh, and as TJ said earlier, hold your possessions in high regard. This is very common for those who take the world in through their head. Uh, I, I also want to specifically say possessions does not necessarily mean physical stuff. It also means information. It means resources. It means time. It means energy. It's, it's the stuff that's mine. Everything that I can call mine, this is, this is the resources that I need to protect and collect and, and make sure I have with me. Relationships for sixes. Uh, heart types, two, three, fours. Again, social person feels your way through life. You want to be seen and validated. It's how you feel good in the world is through what other people communicate to you. You lean into your emotions and you feel social pressure. It's again, that's an internal experience. None of the rest of us see that, but you feel it. And you teeter between feelings of connection and comparison. Again, that's a foundation for your primary center. I'm taking the world in and it's doing stuff inside of me. It's making me feel certain ways. And I, I also want to add to that, that a lot of heart types, that energy is pointed at themselves. It's not necessarily what other people think about them. That is a part of it, but it's also hugely about what they think and feel about themselves. That's a good call. A means threes and fours on that front. Bodies, types, action-focused, again, on maintaining control. Want to direct their own lives. Don't tell me what to do. Trust their intuitions because that's how they feel their way through life and whether or not things are good and their identity is tied to accomplishments. These are the three parts of yourself. And again, this is your center, body, head, and heart. Here's where we shift. All of us, as we said earlier, have a body, have a head, have a heart. And we relate to those other two as well. So you might be a heart type, but you obviously have a body and you have a mind. How do you relate to those other two? It ends up being incredibly important, especially when we start talking about stress. You will notice this for those of you who are type ones, but I don't know if I said this, I'm a type one, TJ is a nine. I take the world in through my body. It's my primary center. But if you were to look at the top right corner, you'll notice that the one is on a line right next to the two, right? The ones in the body are closest to the heart. It actually is the case that my secondary center, my support center is my heart. For those of you who are ones, you might say it this way. Um, I act on my feelings. Action is I'm taking the world in through my body and intuitions, and the, the subject in front of me is my emotions. 
So I actually intuit how I'm feeling, and that's how I navigate the world, is with that, that pairing of I intuit my feelings, right? Repressed in this is my thinking center. If you were to look at the one, it's the furthest away from the head, right? And so for some of us who are ones, we know that we're trying to think all the time, but what we're not doing is productive thinking. We have a hard time getting our heads around things because our intuitions are so strong, and we're intuiting our feelings and the feelings of others. And we get into that element, and that's how we navigate the world. But that's our primary and secondary center. And only later, when we really try hard, um, can we do productive thinking. Thoughts on ones? Yeah, the, uh, it's often the case that Jeff will uh, react out of emotion to something that happens, and then like two days later, it's like, oh, that's what I was doing. Yeah. Because he doesn't think productively about the emotions. He just has an action about it. This, this, this <laughs> like causes it, no problems in my life. Because <laughs> he feels a certain way, and then two days later, oh, I was mad. Oh, I was whatever, insert feeling here. Ready, fire, aim, get stuff done. I'll just tell you. <laughs> it gets stuff done. That's... Twos. I don't need to excuse my bad behavior. Twos are going to be very similar, but you'll notice that there's a tweak. They are taking the world in through their hearts and then acting on it, right? They are taking their world in through their relational center and then doing things, right? And so they are also on the line. They are in the heart triad, but their secondary center, their support center is their body. And so that's how you are in the world, twos. Taking the world relationally. You're reading everybody else's emotions. And then you are responding to those emotions with action. And that's how you navigate. You also are thinking repressed. That is, you have a hard time getting your head around things and doing productive thinking. Again, the twos and ones, you'll notice they're the furthest away from the head triad here. Uh, again, much like, much like ones who are not thinking about it, twos have a feeling and then act on it. Uh, so it's like, or observe a feeling. Oh, you're sad? Here's a casserole. <laughs> like, like noticing, it's a real thing. Uh, twos <laughs> noticing what other people are experiencing and then moving to fill a need is instinctive. It's intuitive. Like, it's just how they operate in the world. And then three or four days later, they start to think about it. Or they just don't think about it because there's more people to help. <laughs> it's not a bad thing. It's a great thing. Threes, you're amazing. I'm thrilled that you're here. We're going to skip you for two seconds because you are part of the anchor points, and they have a different logic that's taking place, which was, uh, which was teased by the question that we had earlier. So for a moment, we're going to jump threes, sixes, and nines. Notice how this works for fours. Same logic applies here for fours. Fours are taking in the world through their heart, through their emotional core. They do not act on their emotions. You will know this, fours. You actually start thinking about your emotions right? You're taking the world in emotionally and then thinking about it. What that ends up doing is, you'll notice this is where your repressed center emerges, is you're not acting on these emotions in your thinking. You are stewing in your, in your emotions and thinking about them over and over again. So just as ones and twos don't do productive thinking, fours and later fives do not do productive actions with the things that they are thinking. Uh, another way to say this is that fours 
feel their thoughts. And then they think about how they feel about the thoughts they had about their feelings, and then they feel about the thoughts that they had about the, and it's just, it's a cycle, and it's, and there's sometimes some outward processing about how they feel about the thoughts that they had, about the feelings that they had about the thoughts, and it's, it's just, like, it's all takes place internally, and it's, like, that's, that's how they operate, is just this cycle of feeling their thoughts. Fives are the opposite. I'm going to take the world in through their head. They know how they feel. Oftentimes, we talked about this last night, Sarah was here last night, that the emotional life of a five feels like it might be set to the side, but this is actually false. You, uh, fives do know how to think about their emotions. The place that they're repressed is in action. Um, do you want to unpack the relationship between head and heart there. Yeah, where, where fours feel their thoughts, fives think about their feelings. And it's almost like it's something to be observed, something to be cataloged and, and noticed and studied. It's like, oh, there's anger there. Interesting. I wonder why that happened. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look into what's happening there, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to collect the data and, and, and what people are, are saying about the anger. And, like, this, this is something to be observed. This is very interesting, and I want to know more about this. And, and it might come later that they actually feel those emotions, but the first thing they, they do is observe them and think about them. Again, we're going to skip the sixes. Moving to the sevens, same logic. Primary center is the head, and what sevens are thinking about is what they're going to do. And this is where and how sevens come to the world. Taking in the world, what can I do next? What can I do next? What can I do next? And what's repressed here is their feeling center. Um, specifically, sevens have a difficult time engaging the negative emotions of themselves and appreciating and understanding the emotions in general of others. Yeah, there, there's, uh, if you know sevens, there's a lot of thoughts about things, like there's a lot of plans, a lot of schemes, a lot of possibilities. The world is full of possibilities. And you might do some of those things sometimes, but you're always thinking about what could happen, what might come, what might go on next, where I might go to on this adventure. There's always a world of possibilities in front of you thinking about the observation of everything in the world. It's like, look, look at all the things that we could do. And then there's action that comes to support that. It's the opposite, taking the world through their intuitions, and uh, they are acting on their thoughts. You know what? It's kind of loud in here. I'm going to shut the door, right? There's an intuitional, here's what the room feels like. And eights are very quick in their thinking. I'm going to act on my thoughts. I'm going to act on my thoughts. Um, under, take the world in physically, intuitionally. But the, the thinking is right there for eights. What's not there, is, again, is the repressor of their heart. For eights, often struggle with um, having a variety of emotions. A lot of emotions just boil down to anger. Uh, it's like the singular emotion. And um, sevens, threes, and eights are going to have a, a more difficult time appreciating, understanding, and connecting to the emotional life of the people in front of them. And that's where they're repressed. They're not doing productive emotional work. Uh, if you know an eight, you might have found yourself frustrated by how they're already doing something that you were just talking about. 
if you are an eight, you might find yourself frustrated that other people are still talking about the thing that we could just be doing already. <laughs> they think very, very quickly and are on to the action right away. They already have a plan. They've, they've already decided whatever it is you're trying to sort through, and they know what they're planning on doing because they are ready to do, and they think about it so quickly. This thinking supports the doing like crazy. To move to the anchor points then, and this is the clue for the anchor points, they likewise have a primary center, a secondary center, and a repressed center, but it functions differently. And this is where, if you can imagine your breathing, you take in the world, and then you breathe out. And you take in the world, and you breathe out. When you take in the world, you are receiving, and that's coming through your primary center. But the breathing out is different for these three. They take in the world through their primary center. They do not engage the world through their primary center. That's done by different elements of themselves. So threes take the world in emotionally, care about the attention uh, of others, want to connect relationally. But when they engage the world, they do so with a even combination of thinking and action. And so, as was said, the, the emotional, their own emotional life is not how they are engaging the world. Oftentimes, threes don't even understand what's going on inside themselves emotionally because what's actually happened is their primary center and their repressed center are the same. And it's repressed in terms of how they engage the world. It's primary in terms of taking it in, but it's repressed in terms of engagement. When threes walk into a room... Uh, they think, okay, they scan the room and they look at the people and, and the setting and like what, what's going on here and who do I need to be so that other people will think I'm awesome. Like that, that's just the natural way and it's not necessarily a conscious thing. It's just like who needs to be present out of myself so that other people think that person is praiseworthy. And when they decide on who that person is and start moving, it's not about their feelings. It's not about how other people are affected. It's because they already came up with a plan and are acting on that plan. And so a lot of the, the feeling repression comes in in like shutting off who they actually are when they walk into the room and stepping into that person that they think they're supposed to be so that other people will like them. And all of their thinking, all of their planning, all of their, the way that they behave is based on that sense observing who they need to be, not on acting what, out of that emotional space. And so threes often don't experience their own emotions because they've put that aside because they need you to think they're great. Their emotions, can, they can deal with that later. It's messy. It's if they're sad, they don't want other people. Nobody likes watching someone who's sad, except for fours. But <laughs> the, the way that threes move in the world is primarily seated in their thinking and their doing. And it's all based on what they're observing from what other people think about them. Similar uh, idea for sixes. Uh, again, but it's going to flip. Sixes are taking the world in through their head and then engaging the world through their heart and through their body. So in the same way, primary is the head when taking the world in, but it's not primary when engaging the world. 
when engaging the world, sixes have a very difficult time getting into the thinking process. Um, they're much more comfortable acting on their emotions, right? It's just like ones and twos. Um, they sit in that spot of I'm acting on my feelings or I'm feeling what I ought to do, but I'm not really thinking about it yet. So ones, twos, and sixes, ready, fire, aim, triad right there. Um, that would also be the, what the reactive triad, what is it? The earning. earning triad. Uh, yeah, so uh, if you haven't picked up on this, the, the thing that we're talking about is, is heavily informed by our stance, and that's the, the, the repressed center that we experience. And sixes are repressed in their thinking center. And a good word to remember, if you don't have this in your language already, is the word unproductive. There's a difference between not thinking and having unproductive thinking. There's a difference between not feeling and having unproductive feeling. It's not that threes don't feel things, it's that they don't engage their feeling center when they move in the world. It's not that sixes aren't thinking, they're thinking constantly, but they don't do productive things with the thoughts that are going on in their head. When they have an emotion, they don't think about, oh, I was sad because I had an appropriate reaction to this thing that happened. They think about, oh, what if other people think I'm sad? Now what if other people think I'm way too emotional? And what if they're, they're not going to like, like, what if I'm now unsafe because I had an emotion? It's, it's this downward spiral of thinking because it's unproductive. So what ends up happening, and you'll notice this most cleanly with this triad, is that twos, ones, and sixes will often put things out into the world. They'll start verbally processing. And when they do, that's so that they can get their intelligence center around what they said. So for sixes, you will see sixes begin speaking about the things that are perhaps making them anxious or the things that everybody should be aware of. One of the reasons they're doing this is unconscious is once it's spoken, now it's out in the world and their head can get around what they said, right? And that's how the thinking process works. It's the verbal processing allows them to get their primary center around it. They're not engaging the world with their primary center, but they take in the world through their primary story. Same thing for ones and twos. Twos will often talk about relationships to get their heads around the relationships that they need to think about. And ones the same way. Um, they need to get their intuitions about what they want to do, and so they spit it out there, and then all of a sudden, okay, this is probably how that feels, right? Similar for threes, I suppose we should have said this, the, on the feeling side, feeling repressed threes, they know what you think about them. They don't know what they think about them. You're a mirror. That's what your function is for them. Am I good? Am I, am I successful? Am I looking great? You will tell me. But if, if I take you away, and it's just the three on their own, it's, it's much more difficult to do productive feeling about their insides. Oh, I did want to say something about sixes and uh, the, the having the feeling and the doing space be secondary, be supportive. All three of these types have equal access to the other two uh, centers. And, and for sixes, the, a lot of sixes align themselves with some type of hierarchy, with a, with a system at, like the, the bosses at work. Like they fit in really well in this, like they know their place and they know who's on the org chart, and like they know exactly where they're supposed to be. A lot of sixes, 
like cults because they have people tell them exactly what to do. Uh, this is, uh, a lot of sixes are involved in religion because there's, there's a system, there's a hierarchy, there's a, there's a set of rules. Sixes want to know where the boundaries are because so long as I'm in this fence, I'm safe. And they, because they don't productively think, they outsource that through their relationships. They align with a stronger person. They align themselves with someone who's going to say, here's the fence, stay inside this fence. You can do whatever you want, just stay inside this fence. And sixes are like, great, awesome. I'll stay inside the fence all day. So, uh, so there's, there's action involved there. There's relational energy and emotional energy involved there. But they can outsource their thinking because they don't do it productively. Nines, they take in the world through their body but they don't engage the world through their body, right? Their body is repressed, or their action center is repressed. And so again, very aware of whether things are not calm, not peaceful, very aware when things are broken, right? But they're not necessarily going to act to fix them in the same way that others may. They are going to instead... Take a nap. Respond to the world with a mixture of their head and heart. And you can speak to nines much more cleanly on this front. Uh, so the uh, unproductive doing, we share this with fours and fives, and it, it's largely about not doing the right thing when it needs to be done. A lot of nines and fours and fives are very active people. Uh, one, of, one of my good friends is a nine, and she is one of the most active people I've ever met. She is constantly doing projects, so much so that her and her husband regularly get into fights about the fact that she's committed to too many things. And it's because she doesn't prioritize what needs to be done and when it needs to be done. She doesn't know how to say no to things that sound like they'd be enjoyable. She doesn't want to say no because there might be conflict involved in saying no. So there's a lot of doing, but there's not necessarily productive doing. And, and we bring in, nines bring in the head and the heart. We have equal access to those things to, to decide how we interact with other people. We know kind of how we feel about a, lot, about a lot of things. We think really well and clearly. And this is also a big part of why we're good mediators, is because we can see both sides. We're not going to decide. We're not going to have intuition about what's right. But we can clearly see and feel through both sides and understand and help communicate that. The, the intuiting which is right or wrong or what needs to be done there, I, I'm not going to touch that part. But if you want me to explain both sides to you, I can do that, no problem. So unproductive doing is the, thing, the word of the day here. There may be, I've, I've never thought about this, but there may be an outsourcing that takes place for three sixes and nines also. The, the three is outsourcing. How do you feel about me? As mm -hmm. opposed to coming there, sixes are outsourcing their thinking. What do you think about this problem? And nines, I know this from my beloved mother, would outsource. She wants everybody to be connected and together, but she's not doing the work. Yeah. Her husband is the one who's, who's going and grabbing everybody and pulling them in. Yep. Bang. Or say uh, you have to put on a conference and the, your partner is also a nine and the nine doesn't really, you know, know what to do or what to say or how to plan something like that, but I'm along for the ride. I'll get up on and say some things when we get there, but I have no idea how to start getting that running. Thank God Jeff does. 
Because if it was just me, this never would have happened. You didn't print up this ridiculous no. script and all he these... wrote things. this whole script, and I'm just commenting on the things that he's saying. It's, buff- it's literally buffoonish how big this file is for the slides. Big idea. Big idea that I want you to catch here is, is, those, is how you relate to each of those centers. There is a target for us. We teased this at the beginning. And the target is balance. The healthiest people, says Aristotle, are balanced, moderate folks. Not too much, not too little. It's like they're engaging all elements of themselves in their inner life. Balance in your inner life is a mark of being healthy. I would love for you to do this with the, t- the, t- the table around you. You hopefully got a chance to see, do I, I, have a, I have trouble doing productive thinking, feeling, or doing? How does that materialize in your world on one front? But secondarily, um, can you name where you have good experiences? Like you actually are engaging your mind. You actually are engaging your feeling center. You actually are getting into your body and doing stuff. Do you have those experiences in your repressed center? So I would love for you to turn the person next to you, people next to you, and say, this is where I struggle, but this is where I have good and bad experiences on that front. And let's spend another, like, 10, 12 minutes doing that. All right, again, online gatherings at aroundthecircle.org. We do these once a month. You can find our new podcast feed, Start Here. It's an Enneagram podcast. This is uh, our tool for typing and helping folks get into the Enneagram showing steps they can take, doing, uh, doing the typing thing, and giving them the basics. Music here is by The Collection and the great Brian Claxton. If you appreciate this work, if it brings uh, value to your life, do give us some stars. This has been TJ Wilson. He's officially awesome. I'm Jeff Cook, and who you aren't just isn't interesting.